Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hey folks, welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Lou, and today I'm here with Pastor Lydia, who's the co-founder here at 180 Church, pastor of Transformation and wife to Dr. Sammy. And this week, Dr. Sammy talked about how we can make the transition from fear to faith. And I think for many of us, fear takes on different shapes and sizes in the event of this pandemic. And so what can we do about uh, the fears that we have right now at this moment? And so here's Dr. Sammy with From Fear to Faith. Today's scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 37 to 41. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. That is the word of the Lord. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Last week, I said, what a difference a week makes as all of New York literally has been shuttered except for business that are deemed essential. This is now the third week we're meeting together online and remotely. And man, do I miss you all. And I can't wait to see each other again in person. There are three things that we might be experiencing. And, you know, let me just say right off the bat before we move into this message that fear is not one size fit all. And that's why I want to speak and focus our time today on the passage at hand about a storm. The storm is generalized. There's something causing our fear, but they're not essentially the same. There are various fears that we're experiencing. You know, the Bible says 365 times, do not fear. God knew that we would need His voice and presence every day throughout the year because we cannot control our psychosocial pressures or our external environment. So for those of you gripped by uncertainty and fear is really moving to your gut and you could feel it deep within, let me just tell you what the Lord has said once every day for through the whole year. Do not fear. Why? For I am with you. Even though you, his presence might feel far, let me just let you know that he says, do not fear for I'm with you. So if you're feeling uncertainty because your future seems uncertain, for those you've been worshiping through different parts of the country and the world, know that he is with you right now in the midst of the storm. And he is Lord still. Sec- the most 
addressed topic in scripture are possessions. So some of you might feel the uncertainty of things, of everything around you, like worshiping remotely or having to go to graduation remotely this year for the novel viruses banning all types of massive gatherings. And this might lead and bleed into the spillage to worry not just about uncertainties, but the economy. That might be the second thing you're worried about. As some of you have lost your jobs, have been laid off, restaurants and essential major businesses and entrepreneurs might feel very, very uncertain and you're concerned about your future and your economy and you might not even be worried just about yourself but the people you're providing for. And that's a very important part of this impact. But the Bible talks about it 2,300 times more than any other subject. So I want you to know that God understands that you need daily bread. Remember, as we observe Lent, that God sent bread from heaven, meat from heaven, and water from a rock. I know things feel so uncertain. And I know that even if some of you were taking a risk as entrepreneurs and betting on the economy as everything shuttered, I want you to know that God knows your name. And I want you to turn to him because he, you see, he has a plan and destiny for you. Jeremiah clearly tells us that he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. He has a future and a hope for us. And I pray that you would hold on to the word of God. The Bible says that it will never fade away. Everything else would fade away. Even this universe will be absolved. But his word will never fa- he, his word will never fail you and he will never fail you. So that might be the second thing, uncertainty, economy. And the third, mortality. We might even be worried about our own health and the health of our loved ones. Some of you who are in, has respiratory conditions or your family in critical condition might be worried about your own health. And for many of, of, in our community that are serving in the front lines, they're worried about their, infecting their families. And so it's a very precarious moment. And maybe for the first time, experiencing this type of fear for healthcare workers. And so as we're worried about these three things, all of us want to move toward faith and feel peace. But we don't, sometimes we don't know how. How do we move from this state of paralysis and move toward God? We heard tons of stories in the ocean as Peter walked on water and then fell because of the squall of the storm, the curiosity of the storm. And then we see in this passage the disciples being afraid in spite of seeing so many miracles and who, seeing who Jesus is was afraid more of the storm than putting their faith in Christ, who they saw do numerous of miracles. So we're on the boat here as we observe Lent this, this month that we need a Savior, and we've said that. So how do we move from fear to faith? Well, the whole point here as we look into this text is that if we want to move from fear to faith, we have to understand faith is not the absence of fear. And 
if you look at this passage carefully, what you'll see in the macro perspective exegetically is that he moves despite our fear. Despite of it. So, despite of last week's message on the water from a rock, despite Moses' poor leadership and being burnt out, despite of human error, despite of our fear and our failures, God will never fail. So it's not about removing fear, it's about moving past it, seeing beyond it, letting the vision, the perspective come, as the Bible tells us, that when we surrender our anxieties to Him, it says in Philippians 4, 4, that the God of peace that transcends His understanding will come guard. That word guard is the word garrison, a fortress. More than anything right now, this world needs people that have an anchor. If we want to be ambassadors for Christ, we need this peace. And the, the Prince of Peace is Jesus. So in the storm, our advantage is that we have the Lord of the universe living among us and in us. And despite of our failings, despite of our fears, this moment... We're hearing good news that people who've never heard the gospel are hearing it remotely all over the world. It might be in your living room. This is an opportunity in our present moment to show people who the Lord is. Because mission exists because worship doesn't. And I pray that worship will become palpable in the midst of our fear. And that's what this is about. So let's go into the passage and learn how do we move from fear to faith. So the question we're trying to answer today is how do we move from fear to faith? Let's look at Mark 4, and let's start from verse 37. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. I can't get better special effects than this right here. So, how do we move from fear to faith? First thing, we have to identify what the fear is. Many years ago, or a few years ago, we studied cognitive distortions. And one of the distortions were catastrophizing. So catastrophizing is a cognitive distortion that's rooted in hyperbole, takes a minor setback, and makes it final. And that's why we have to first identify what we are afraid of. What is our fear? We have to verbalize it and underline it because fear is a feeling. And we feel it in our gut. We feel it deep within. It's very visceral and existential. And that's why people call it an existential, existential crisis. And many of us might be going through that right now. So when fear is overwhelming, it's a feeling. But it might be hyperbolic in many ways. Because the truth is, we have to understand our fear. Is it technical or is it adaptive? Because if it's adaptive, it wouldn't matter 
if it was a pandemic or something else, we will still feel it because the underlying issues is not technical, it's adaptive, it's deeper than a technical problem. So for some of you, like I said in the beginning, this storm that we're going through, this pandemic, fear is not one size fit all. Many of you have a wide different spectrum of what you're going through. And that's why it's critical to be able to say it out loud, declare what it is. What is our fear exactly? Are we catastrophizing? Because it could really be technical or is it adaptive? Because if it's adaptive, like I said, it wouldn't matter if it's a pandemic or a recession or a depression, it would all be the same. It's a deeper issue about something that we can't even control. Like I said, many years, um, throughout many years, we cannot control control. Control is an illusion. We do not have it over the external environment or the micro pressures or the social cycle pressures. We don't have control. And the root of fear really is not having control. That's why some have shared that when the gym was closed, they lost it. Or when they lost their job or got laid off, it was very, very dark. Like the lights went out. If fear at the core is what we're feeling, the loss of control, then that's a deeper problem than this pandemic. It's something else. And it's an opportunity then to really examine who or what we're putting our trust in. Is it the economy? Or it's the one that controls all? the Lord of the universe. That's a bigger problem than the pandemic because it wouldn't matter what was taking place. We really trust and we're really a materialist like we've been observing through Lent. So the disciples, what did they do? They identified their fear. And they said, Lord, do you not care if we drown? They understood water. Many of you understand the market. You understand recession like last time. Many of you suffer through it. And we don't want to suffer through that. PTSD almost. There's trauma there. And I know. And Jesus knows. So at this moment, if we want to move from fear to faith, we have to be honest with ourselves and our community and the closest people to us. Because the truth is, this storm will pass. And you know what's amazing in this passage? Jesus doesn't rebuke the disciples. He doesn't tell them, why are you afraid? What's wrong with you? Haven't you been with me? When they ask him, do you not care where you drown? He got up from his sleep with only the Prince of Peace could do. Told the storm to be calm, to be still. And then he had a conversation with them about how, why they should not be concerned. How he's got this. Despite of our fears, Jesus is very much right now here with you. So last week I had a conversation with Peeves, Pastor Billy and Henry. And we got on a G-chat together. Um, And I asked him, how are you doing? And you know, I think that's a very important question to ask during these times. 
I would really encourage FaceTiming and, and Google um, Hangout dur throughout this time to share together. Because we're in the same boat and we have to overcome the boat together. And you know, it, uh, as I was asking that question, uh, Peebs, as an extrovert, he was sharing just how difficult this time has been for him. And, you know, I love it when Peebs wells up in tears as he shares because you could feel, you know, his angst and, and being stuck in this moment really was getting to his heart. And I saw the spillage. And, you know, spillage is important for moving from fear to faith. Because it's something is flowing out, all that angst, that, that visceral, chronic anxiety is coming out. And I knew that when I asked that question and I saw those tears well up, the spillage of the soul, that we got to something and we were able to pray together. We were able to be there for each other. And I think spillage is very important. So instead of holding it in, folks, I want you to be able to say it out loud to your loved one, to your spouse, to your friends. Hey, it's been hard. And the question, the first, thing, first question we should ask is, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? That's how we move from fear to faith. Because faith is not the absence of fear but the ability to move, to transcend beyond it. So what are you afraid of? What is your fear? If it's control, that's an adaptive issue. If, if it's technical, then unemployment insurance and the stimulus bill should help quell some of those fears. Because folks, this will not last forever. So think about that. Think about that for a moment. What's spilling out of you? What's stewing out of you? Pay attention to that. And at this very moment, say a prayer, look up, and tell others what's, going in, what's, what's happening inside. Because until you identify that fear, paralysis and despair is the only result. So what is the first thing? from moving from fear to faith, identifying that fear. Yeah, so the second thing is if we can identify our fear in this passage, then we can move beyond it. And how do we move beyond it? Simple. We cling to Jesus and surrender it to Him. We dispose of it to Him. You see, we can't control control. The illusion really behind this pandemic is that we had control all along. The truth is a microscopic bug that we can't even see with the negative eye, only through a microscope, has brought this planet on its knees. We are vulnerable, way more vulnerable than we think a lot of times in our lives. And you know what? After this pandemic is over, that illusion will be, will be bought again. We'll buy that we got it under control. But the truth is, if you really think about the irony of this moment, it's a bug 
that has brought this planet to its knees. So if our, the root of our fear really is control, controlling our lives, controlling our future, then that's an assumption, an incorrect assumption. The truth is the only one that, that controls everything is the Lord of the universe. And I like to say, hey, don't tell God how to run his universe because you don't have one. But we do, in the midst of this passage, see how Jesus gets involved. How the disciples turn to the Lord and say, Lord, do you not care we drown? Of course God cares. That's why he calmed the storm before he calmed the disciples. For many of us, this storm, more than external, even though that's a reality technically, the adaptive issue is that there's a storm going inside of us. So how do we quail those fears? How do we move from fear to faith? We have to surrender these fears to Jesus. We have to cling onto Jesus. We have to cling onto the cross, as the old hymn says. There's wisdom in that. If we don't involve Jesus and involve the Lord of the universe in this because we think we got it, or we trust more of the uncertainty around us than Him, then we're, we're going to fall into despair and give into that moment the fear of losing all hope. And some of you may be there right now. I want you to know right now, Jesus is holding out his hand to you. And he's asking you the question in the midst of the storm, the furious squall, the violence that we feel inside of our belly, of our gut. Jesus is holding out his hand and hey, will you trust me with your life? Give me your hand. Take the life out of your hands and put it into mine. I've got the whole world in these hands. Will you trust me? So we're, we're confronted with a choice. Do we, at this moment, really believe the lie that all hope is lost in the fear that we've lost control when we never had it in the first place? We could take life into our own hands or we could surrender our lives and give it to the Lord, put it into His hands. The choice is ours at this moment in this storm. What are we going to do? Are we going to involve the Lord, the Lord of the universe with this, or are we going to try to handle it on our own? Last week I said that there are things we cannot overcome. This is one of them. We need to be redeemed, healed, saved, from this moment that's so uncertain. That's what the disciples did. The disciples involved the Lord and the Lord came and calmed the storm. And the Lord could calm the storm in our lives right now. All he has to say, if we invite him, he'll come in. The Bible says, eat with us and we with him. We will fellowship with him and he'll say, be still. And the Lord of the universe, in a sense, will do recreation restructuring in us and bring a peace that transcends all understanding. But we have to involve Him. Not take it into our own hands. Not give into our fear, but give into faith. And what is that we said from the very beginning? Moving beyond fear and going to the Lord. And in despite of our fear, we've seen in the passage that God rebukes the wind and He'll rebuke the fear in us.
as we give it to Him. So I said that throughout the week, people said that they really felt this crisis come to fruition and really hit them hard with everything going on, systems collapsing, closures of business, when gyms closed or when certain restaurants closed. There were things that people found solace in their lives and had a form of control over, and they, ha- they felt like they had some control. And the loss of autonomy really just exaggerates all that's happening around us. And for us, this past week, uh, our faucet in our main bathroom uh, was clogged and it wouldn't, the water wouldn't go down. And my wife really took on that responsibility. Well, actually, my wife really is better at me than everything at home. Um, it's, it's actually annoying. But um, when she saw this, she really took it on herself to try to unclog it, ordered parts, tried everything, and it just wouldn't go down. And, you know, it, it really stressed her out. And I have to say, I wasn't as stressed out because I know my incompetence with I'm not very handy. I'm not ashamed to say. Um, if there are any problems at home, my wife is the hero. She's Wonder Woman. And she was wondering, you know, she was really stressed out about it. And we were discussing this. We're like, it's a plumber even available at this moment? And we're like, probably not. And we were like stressed out, catastrophizing over this because it just compounded everything we've been experiencing, systems and everything closing and everything breaking. And it just was calm. This, this moment culminated that feeling for us. And, and eventually... Like, let's see if a plumber is available. And we called our association, and they came within a couple of hours, fixed a problem. And what we feared could be thousands of dollars. It was just 150. And what he said really kindly to us was, this is really a common problem. You know, there's hair, things get stuck down there. And here we are trying to fix problems we don't really have the skills to solve. I surely don't. My wife is better at it those fixtures, but we had to call a specialist, person that, that's competent in these areas. And I think that's a prophetic picture of what we have to do in this moment. The only person that's a specialist in fear, that conquers our fear, that can cast out our fear, is the Prince of Peace and the only one in Scripture that has that name is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace, our everlasting Father, the Lord of all. And that's why it's so critical at this moment to invite the Prince of Peace to reign again in our hearts. That's why we have to cling on to Jesus. We have to surrender the paralysis to Jesus, to the Lord, and call on His name. Because we have, he's the only one that could quail the storms, not just externally, but internally. And Jesus is here today at this very moment to calm the storm in your life. Do not let your fears paralyze you without going to the Lord, from going to the Lord. Will you do that today? call on Him and involve Him so He can redeem us and save us and bring peace. Because that's, that's what happened when we called the plumber. <laughs> it was a technical problem. 
gone, $150 for the cost of peace. But Jesus is even better. It'll cost you nothing and give you everything to calm this storm right now. So involve him. Call on the name of the Lord. Cling on to Jesus and surrender your fears to him. Don't look within or around, but look up right now, this moment. And that's why Jesus asked in the end, why are you so afraid? Have you yet no faith? Have you still yet have no faith? What is he referring to? He's referring to the altars of our lives. He's asking his disciples, have you not seen what I have done for us? Have you not seen the miracles? Do you still not yet know my heart for you? Yes, I care. That's why I calmed the storm first. And for many of us today, we need to involve the members of our community and the Lord. We'll get through this. He is the Lord of the storm. He's the Prince of Peace. And I want to let you know today, whatever you're going through, and we said that fear is not one size fit all, that He is here at this very moment. His presence is accessible and available. So call on the name of the Lord. Throughout this, I've been praying my prayer language. I've been, during Sunday service, I was praying in my prayer language, and Josh was like, what the heck is Dad doing? And some of you might not have a prayer language like tongues. But some of us need to practice hip, high-intensity prayer. When you feel the angst and when you feel paralysis, don't just give into it. Involve the Lord. Be like, Lord, here I am. I vent Him. Vent to Him your fears. And trust me, when you show up and dispose of your fears to Him, just like in this passage, He will show up and calm your fears. At this moment, like I said in the very beginning, it's a historic, historic opportunity to present the gospel. Many people are hearing the gospel for the first time. So don't forget, we're still on mission. And there's so many that are listening in right now that have been disconnected. And the very beginning of this year, we talked about how God's, God was on mission to reconcile those who've been disconnected to Him. He's still doing that work. See, if we don't move from fear to faith, then we can't get back on mission. We can't join God renew the beauty of all things at this very moment. Right now, more than anything else, people need hope. That's why the church is essential business. That's why we're doing this, meeting remotely. No matter what comes, we're going to move from fear to faith, join Jesus of renewing the world. So we are at weeks uh week three of quarantine right mm. guys yeah i mean right <laughs> right guys i guess henry's here too but yes yeah it is week three um it sounds like we were like writing in a space diary kind of thing mm, it does and yeah. there's it's every week's been a little different for me yeah how has it been for you very strange um besides the like frustration of school right now and such it's it's weird like not bound to like a schedule which mm. is the first time in a long time um and so i think like quite frankly i'm a little bit 
disoriented because mm-hmm. my rhythm and like scheduling is like just all strange now like every day is the same in the fact that i'm inside but it's different every time in the fact that it's not what i've been used to over the years right and just so that people kind of are on the same page um the the big change for you in the last two weeks has been uh like so my school went remote and so i'm learning and attending classes online um and so you know i was commuting to school nearly every day and then no more gym so i have no place to work out really so mm-hmm. like that's also been interesting because i have to like create things for myself um and i also lost my job so there's no place for me to go to earn money so mm-hmm. um so everything that kind of forced me to go outside for whatever reason also church like church is online now too mm-hmm. which is a huge part of my life being that like on thursdays and sundays mm-hmm. we meet together um mm-hmm. and so like all these things that required or that i invested a lot of my time in are just kind of gone and so um those those are more or less the main changes like the i guess the defining changes of this Mm -hmm. moment right now Mm -hmm. some changes for me have been since the two weeks i guess um the kids are learning being homeschooled now so we started that last week Um, my older son he's basically on his own he doesn't need my help but my youngest son he's seven so he was at a place where he was he hadn't learned a um, computer yet so um last week was all about adjusting i think Mm. teachers also are learning how to put classes online yeah um so that's been a challenge so it was an adjustment um in schedule Mm. and i guess just extra learning it was a challenge i think for josh Mm. um to learn how to use the computer to um to basically learn with his mom and that could be good but (laughs) also bad he says he prefers it but there's a lot of bickering on both ends (laughs) and i see a lot of posts from moms that said that the whole came out from the child and the mom so i think we're all kind (laughs) of on the same page with that it's been a adjustment um I see that the stores aren't as empty in their uh, supplies because mm-hmm. I think um, I, you know, I think the very first week there were like no toilet paper, there was no um, pasta, like all sorts of stuff. Pasta was gone. Yeah, too. a lot of aisles, and you know what? Maybe I'm just speaking from where I am, mm-hmm. but this I know that there's still long lines um, to get into Trader Joe's yeah. and. Um, you know, it's hard, impossible to get like a Whole Foods delivery. Mm. Um, but from what I heard from one of the workers at one of the stores is that he said that it's slowed down a bit because he feels like maybe people are kind of realizing that, um, they have enough at home. Yeah. I'm sure they <laughs> piled enough toilet paper. Yeah. And such. It's like before you go to the store, you look in your pantry and it's stocked, right? Yeah. Or stacked. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is our third Sunday online. Yeah. Third Sunday. Remote service. Right. And it was, and um, Sam gave a beautiful message at the beach. Mm. Um, he did that all by himself, actually. 
Oh, he recorded that by himself? <laughs> he did. Oh, he thought... did it on a tripod. Oh, wow. I was stuck at home because I had to let the plumber in. Yeah. <laughs> as you heard the story. Right, right. So, I mean, I could talk about that a little bit maybe later. Oh. But it was the same day. So, basically, I stayed home. And he went and preached and ate his lunch and everything there oh wow that's that's yeah. what he meant because i asked him if it was easier to do online uh-huh. or like online preaching is like so much harder I have to it's produce. definitely more work yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> and i was like oh, i don't know what you mean but i thought henry was there so it's, but now yeah. it makes more sense yeah, yeah. no henry was there through facetime on oh the yeah beach, right <laughs> yeah um but you know for me it felt like two weeks of a um Going through the motions, going through the emotions, mm-hmm. and coming to a place where um, it went from like lack of structure when the quarantine happened, mm-hmm. and which is I think it seems like the hardest thing for people. I think it's like the lack of structure that really throws people off because yeah. all of a sudden there's like a lot of time and la- lack of schedule, mm-hmm. um, lack of rhythm, and um, and I came to a place where I found new rhythm. Because also with the adding of basically I'm teaching um, Josh at home. So that took up a chunk of my energy and my time. And structure helped. So it felt like there was an adjustment. And then my sink slowly (laughs) and behold and surely like got clogged. And for me that, you know, I was doing pretty well. Um... Went through all sorts of, you know, I even spoke about last week about, you know, being bold in th- throughout this whole thing and setting that tone. But then for me, when that thing got clogged, it was really difficult mm. because, um, as you know, all the essential businesses are closed. And I wasn't even sure if this counted as an emergency, Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, maybe a plumber would go in if the house was flooding, but would it come <laughs> if it was clogged? Like, right. But then I felt like I had to wash my hands. So, yeah, we have the kitchen sink. We have another sink downstairs. Mm-hmm. But for me, it felt like when the sink clogged, it also, like, I felt stuck, yeah. too. You know? It's a good imagery right there. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, that morning... Um. The water wouldn't go down and I, and me, I always go in this mode, like, like Sam talked about it. He laughed about it. He said that I'm better than him in all these like house stuff, even plumbing. I think it's really because I tend to care more (laughs) (laughs) where he'll take a back seat. He'll be like, oh, my wife got it. So, you know, he has no shame about that because we all always talk about gifting is very different. It's however, but me, I actually worry and I move into it Mm. and I actually over worry sometimes too. And so when I um, realized that the sink was clogged, I... Went into like YouTube mode. Like I got to learn how to do this. It's yeah. a clog. Like how bad could it be? And then I realized I needed some parts. So I ordered some parts. But um, yeah, that's just a preview into that. Right. Like I actually had a really powerful experience um, with the Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> concerning the sink clog. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But that's a little preview into that detail. Oh, kind of want to know yeah. now though. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I could go into it, yeah. but maybe we could kind of like talk a little bit about the message sure. because it's about moving from fear to faith. Mm -hmm. And um, from also what I s realized as a pastor is that a lot of people who had been kind of like very active, even in healthcare, like very mm -hmm. active, like fear isn't fe like fear was hitting people in different times. I felt like during the yeah, quarantine. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, it's like the, like some people's reaction times are either yeah. like delayed or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it, the the reaction all came in different times. Mm. Um, for healthcare professionals in the front lines of our community, they had to deal with the fear right away mm. because they had the concern of coming home after um, treating, mm. you know, the patients. Um, so they had to deal with that right away. They were almost forced to deal with it in the beginning, right? Yeah. And then we had people who a lot of people started getting laid off over the last two weeks yeah. into three weeks. So um, I, I think there was that trickling effect too of people mm -hmm. um, also feeling the loss and the grief of mobility. You talked about that last mm -hmm. week, yeah. that it was really rough for you. You mm -hmm. want to kind of just maybe let us in in, in that just sure. so that we could be on the same page yeah of course i mean i think um yeah i think a lot more people have been getting fired and laid off from their jobs as of a recent development because of the you know in new york city there's the whole pause thing where you know we're like the whole cuomo is essentially just stopping a lot of things from operating at this time just for the concern and safety of people and that also along with it comes like the economic aspect where I think a lot of businesses are starting to see that, oh, they can't operate without a flow of people. And it just goes to show how much our communities and economy are built around like interacting with others. And so like, mm -hmm. because of that, I think that a lot of people find themselves out of work either because there's no income into the company so that they can distribute it to them mm -hmm. or just on the pure basis that it's just like there's no work to be done and so like mm -hmm. a lot of people are getting fired a lot of people have to file for unemployment and unemployment right now the services are just so backlogged with people mm -hmm. it's available it's but available but the it's like been crashing a lot yeah yeah it's inundated with like just so many people applying for it and like mm -hmm. trying to claim weekly and such um and there's you know the numerous issues that people are facing with that and so it's like very i think it's just like that sense of security and that sense of stability just kind of got swept right out from under us without feeling prepared and a lot of mm -hmm. people that i know also kind of live paycheck to paycheck and mm -hmm. you know rent is due and bills are due um mm -hmm. and so it just kind of causes a lot of concern about oh like the thing that i trusted would provide me some kind of monetary you know stability or security is just kind of gone and so that left me in a state of panic for sure because, you know, there are certain bills that I have to pay. And, like, I think for the most part, that feeling that I had something to rely on almost on a weekly sense in terms of financial security was just kind of gone. And I didn't know, I didn't even realize how much I depended on that until it was gone, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that, that I'm sure is like a cause of concern and anxiety for a lot of people that I think some people have also expressed in my small group and such like that um so it's, it's definitely been tough for people to kind of come to terms with you know job security being gone and such too
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the message was so insightful into all these problems mm-hmm. um, referred to as the storm, right? Mm-hmm. That Jesus and the disciples found themselves in, right? Mm-hmm. And insightful in that it categorizes the fears, the adaptive versus technical. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to give a definition? Just recap a yeah, little bit? Yeah, sure. I think it's like some of the fears that a lot of us kind of feel are just from like the sense that we have lost a feeling of control and autonomy or mobility in our lives. Um, and that is more of like the technical aspect, right? But then the the uh, adaptive one is just kind of like the panic and the fear that ensues just from whether it's like, you know, the fear of us getting sick or the fear of like losing a loved one in the event of all this happening. Yeah, so the adaptive is a, adaptive is a lot bigger but more deeper mm-hmm. than um, technical, which can be, which you could find solutions for, right? Yeah. Right. Such as that's why we're talking about the plumbing, and mm-hmm. it was such an example because um, we didn't realize that a clog would be considered essential business. Yeah. And so f- for us. Calling a plumber kind of fixed that problem in an hour. Right. But certain things are not so technical. Mm. Like you can't just fix it right away um, or tweak it to create a solution because it's a lot deeper. It could be schematic. Um, The feeling of emotion could stem from a much deeper place Mm. of uncertainty. Um, also, so that's adaptive and technical that we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first point being that to identify the fear is really the first step. Yeah. Is it adaptive? Is it a lot deeper than this? This um, Because fear is, in the end, a feeling. Mm-hmm. So is this feeling a lot deeper than what I'm making it out to be? Or maybe it's very technical and not that deep, mm-hmm. even though the feeling feels the same. Yeah. Like massive mm-hmm. um and the whole layer of that there's an illusion sam said that we live by mm. um when things go- are going really really well there's an illusion that we believe actually that we have control right and that when this quarantine and this um this pandemic um, it is the whole point is to control it, right? Mm-hmm. So it is it is temporary. It's not permanent. Mm-hmm. And when this passes, some even though right now it we're kind of understanding that we actually didn't have control, mm-hmm. but the illusion will return again, and we will start to believe that oh, we are in control. Yeah, you know. So there's that layer of the illusion of control, mm-hmm. but in reality, actually, we're not in control right yes we have control of a certain technical things mm. but we actually don't have control yeah over many things yeah and so just kind of setting up the layer um of what sam was talking about mm. because i think it's so important that we talk about um how to identify because identification i think will truly help us on the process of being free yeah and um to move from fear to face yeah right right today we're really going from point a to point b Mm -hmm. from fear to face yeah 
so yeah i think what's definitely been uh very helpful for me in thinking about this is like understanding that there like if especially if it's like more technical aspects like some of the things that i think um a lot of people worry about are just kind of like what dr sammy highlighted at the beginning is like of the three things maybe we're really worried about possession or like that um you know we're losing things like whether it's like our jobs or you know um you know the the security or the thought that we can take care of ourselves or like um like feeling the fear that we're going to run out of things like that scarcity and such like that it's kind of like what's been relieving for me is also like some of the resources that we've been sharing with our members about mm-hmm. like the you know financial resources mental mm-hmm. health resources health resources for um people that might not know what to do because i think right. like one of the things that we as human beings like love to like do is do things right like or just like take action and feel like we're you know solving a problem or in some way or shape or form that we are part of the process of a solution but sometimes when you're left with the feeling that you know there's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. that you can do and you're confused and for the first time in a while you've you've always had a plan but then this time you don't have a plan and i think i was kind of i kind of felt that way um when i was first struck with all this fear like it just kind of hit me like a wave like oh i didn't plan for this or like not even that i couldn't plan for this and the fact of the matter is i think it was it was really pivotal for me because i realized just how much i like like how helpless i felt right and so like for us or like for me to like know that there were options or like there were things that could help with like these technical things that we can uh mitigate or help meet these needs was really helpful whether it was like discussing like how we can go about unemployment with people or like how we can like apply for snap or you know if you are feeling like depressed or anxious and such that there's these mental health resources um and if you're feeling sick and you you know want to get checked up at how we can go about doing that and like having people that are very resourceful in these areas yeah, that's been really helpful for people, right? Yeah. Helping people connect the dot. Because mm-hmm. what you're saying is that a lot of people felt like, oh, what's that idiom? <laughs> what, 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 how do you say you felt the rug pulled from under you? Yeah, that's actually the idiom, yeah. Yeah, um, people felt it and um, because there was no preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was basically like you walk in and you will find out, right? Yeah. It's not like you're given any notice. You kind of know that, that it's going, it's going, it might happen, mm-hmm. but it kind of happens and you're kind of stuck with the news. Yeah. And I think what people felt was stuck. Yeah. Like without a solution. Mm-hmm. And to provide that, I think, um, technical information has been so helpful for so many. Right. Like I know Sam went to the pizzeria the other day and he just kind of asked how the business was doing mm-hmm. and they told him it was, it's been rough and he told them about the relief fund for small businesses yeah. and they didn't know about it because they're just right. kind of just trying to survive and get through, you know, mm-hmm. and they were so grateful. Um, so I think people were stuck and yeah. I think even as a church providing um, and I, and people all over the um internet they're actually trying to do this right Mm. um just what's available Mm. what you could apply for right 
Um, so, so technically, that does relieve a lot of fear. Yeah. Too, that you there is a solution. Right. That you could do something mm. to help yourself yeah. and to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like some of the things I guess I was feeling at this point, like after all this just kind of happened, all at once was just that, you know. Like I'm screwed. Like that was like just like the message I got. Like I'm screwed. Like I don't know. I'm like confused. Like I thought, you know, like again, like I think I said this before, but that like I didn't. I knew it was gonna be difficult. Like this Lent and like I guess what I'm going through right now. Um, but I didn't expect it to be as hard as it is right now. And like I even had like thoughts of like, you know, I don't think like it would be weird for me to assume that god is trying to speak to me through this because this is like a global pandemic right it's not like it's like tailored. why would he speak to me yeah like mm. like why am i being tested in this way like it, it was my faith so small that like this is a moment where i have to kind of hmm. choose god I, even I think that's a good question i think that's a good question um that you asked why would god speak to me about mm-hmm. my situation when there's a global pandemic right why that's a good question is because that's the question I was asking. Why, God, would you speak to me? Because when my um, sink clocked, I heard the Lord's voice very clearly. Mm. And that was my question of the week. God, why are you speaking to me about a clock? This is so small. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'll struggle with it. That's why I kind of took on the role of trying to fix it. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, let me take care of this. Let me not bother even to see if a plumber would come in because mm-hmm. it might complicate things. Right. Um, and there are these strict guidelines of social distancing. Like I kind of took the matter into my own hands. We really need the sink. Yeah. And I just kind of went into my own, own calculation about, well, we have another sink. Everyone could wash their hands in the other sink. Like, let's take this on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I was really surprised by the Lord's voice when the sink clogged. Yeah. And I thought, Lord, why would you speak to me about that? And um which ended up being really powerful. Mm-hmm. Basically what happened, I guess like what happened is the sink clogged and I realized the water was literally not draining at all. Yeah. I mean, if it was a little bit, I think we could have kind of like washed up really fast and saved the water, drained it, but it was to the top, right? And so I knew that this sink had to be, it was out of commission. And I usually take on a mode of over-responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's my home. Yes, I have responsibility to take care of it and fix it. But sometimes I take on responsibility that I can't handle. Mm-hmm. It's just my default mode mm-hmm. to not burden others, to be helpful, to take care. Like It's something that I struggle with at yeah. times. But in that moment when that happened, um, I felt really discouraged because one, symbolically, the sink is really important because kids have to wash their hands. We have to wash their hand, mm-hmm. our, our hands. Like I was just adjusting to the new normal and I just felt like, oh, why now? Yeah. And I wasn't really having a good attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm constantly talking to God, but it wasn't like I was being so holy that God showed up, but God showed up. I walked away from it discouraged and I was about to go downstairs and I heard the Lord's voice 
he said, Lydia, don't worry about it. And I thought, okay, I just heard him so clearly. It wasn't even a wishful thinking. Yeah. And usually, it's, it wouldn't even be me. I wouldn't tell myself, don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm telling myself the opposite thing. And I went downstairs. But I was like, okay, Lord, I just heard you say, don't worry about it so clearly and i almost said i wish you were this clear most of the time like why mm. about a sink and then i went downstairs and i said okay god you told me not to worry about it so i'm not going to worry about it but of course what did i do i, I worried about, about it, it. Yeah. <laughs> like i worried about it like so much like it was like on my mind yeah. constantly and you know what at the time i didn't realize it was a technical issue mm. i felt it was like deeper adaptive right. like i was like re-examining my spiritual like <laughs> heart and map and like yeah. my conscience and like i was just like you know like oh my gosh like why did this happen like this is so inconvenient gosh oh what's wrong with me i should have a better attitude about this mm -hmm. there's a pandemic going on like i'm like having this internal conversation and then i went to fixing mode yeah and then i was trying to fix it and then um, I realized I couldn't fix it. So yeah, I YouTubed it. And I found a really good YouTube teacher. And I was like, I'm going to go with this. And I ordered the parts on Amazon. But it said it was going to deliver in two days. Mm. So that night I tried to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. Still thinking about the sink. Huh? So you're still thinking about the sink. Yeah, I was yeah, still thinking night, yeah. about the sink. And I think it was kind of like interesting because God was addressing something in between, like yeah. technical and adaptive, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I wanted control, but now I lose control because of this technical issue. Yeah. And I was trying to sleep and I kind of like, I was so anxious and I couldn't understand why. And of course, I'm just like, wow. People are dealing with so much more out there. And here I am in my first world problem. Like I have other sinks. Like I'm like almost condemning myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I said, God, I, I need to, I need to like pray. Like, and I, I think I woke up at like 3am and I just stood up and I, I just, I started to pray. I was like, God, I'm, you told me not to worry, but I'm worried. And I can't really explain why I'm so worried, but and I, we could live without this thing. We could be inconvenienced. And I'm having this conversation with God. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, God, what are you saying about this? And I think I finally kind of just let it, like, let it be. Yeah. And the Lord whispered to me, um, Philippians 4, where Paul says, I have learned to be content whether I have much or less. And I have learned to be content in every circumstance and situation. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ. And um, I was reminded of that verse mm -hmm. in my spirit. So I was like, yes, I can be content in any and every situation. Mm. I can do all things through Christ. Okay, it's not going to come for a day. So I'll let tomorrow be. But then I can do all things yeah. to Christ. So I'm going to try to fix, fix it. it. Oh, wow. So I was like, God, you might be speaking deeper than that, but I'm really gone. I, I'm like tempted to take care of it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, 
I'm gonna let one day pass as my trust to you. But when the mail comes in, I'm gonna deal with it, and I'll right. try my best. And then I heard the Lord say, "And then let it go, right?" And then I was like, "Okay, I'll let it go once mm-hmm. it happens." Yeah. So anyway, the part came. I'm like trying to unscrew this one part. Of course, that's the one. It's like the doorway into this thing. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the tools, and I was like stuck. Did you need another tool for your tool? I did. I didn't have that tool. This is. A- I was so sure I could open. That. I didn't think that was gonna be the problem. <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> oh, is it? it's real funny so i'm like oh man i have this tool i bought and i can't even open it and all these people on youtube comments of the teacher said thank you you made my day i yeah. that was so easy but here i can't even open this thing yeah so and then the funny thing happened um i texted sam i'm like sam i don't think i could fix this yeah I, I, he's like, wow, honey, you're really like worried about this. I said, yeah. And then like, he's been kind of like asking me, but I've been tuning him out because I'm so concerned about this one thing. Uh-huh. And then, um, I was upstairs in the bathroom, um, trying to fix this, like sitting in the, on the bottom of the sink, like, you know, like discouraged. And I text him, mm-hmm. I'm like, honey, can you try to open this? I'm like not hearing from him. Yeah. And I realized he's like busy doing other things. And then I sat there and I had this epiphany, right? I was like, why am I so worried about this this thing when the other homeowner is like not worried at all? And I thought, that's really weird. Like, is it because he counts on me and he just thinks that I could fix it? Mm. Or does he really not care? But Sam is like the type, he doesn't really worry about stuff. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so many stories about that <laughs> i like i joke yeah. there was a flood in a neighborhood once literally like chocolate milk like damn broke on yeah. a different street that we we're living in and like it literally flooded and it caught the attention of like the news yeah reporters were there with boots on because uh-huh. water was up just spilling out yeah and i'm like sam do you see the water pouring out this is, like 10 years ago and yeah. he's like <laughs> he's like eating his lunch yeah and I was like, wow. And I always thought about the passage too. Like, Jesus, Jesus why are you yeah. sleeping downstairs? Like, mm-hmm. I would have been a disciple. Like, can you please? Right. Are you not aware of what's going on? Dr. But, Sam is usually pretty like, much. Yeah, like, he's like <laughs> so chill. I'm just yeah. like, what do you know that I don't know? Yeah. Or what do, what do you not know that I know? Right, Maybe right. I need to tell you. Yeah, like, yeah. again, over responsibility. I feel that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said to Sam, like, and I'm like, why is this dude not coming? Yeah. Like, why is he not coming upstairs to help me? Right. And then, yeah, so that's kind of like when I had the epiphany. Like, we're both homeowners. Why am I so worried and he's not? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, maybe he's just not worried. I don't know. And then I, 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 remember I came downstairs. I said, listen, listen, <laughs> I retire. All right. Can we just call the plumber? Can we try? He's yeah. like, that's what I've been saying. Let's try to call the plumber, but you were really set on fixing it. Yeah. I said, come on, you kind of wanted me to fix it. He goes, I mean, yeah, but like, I didn't know you were this worried. Yeah. It could sound almost like really senseless, but he was like, yeah, honey, I've been saying let's call the plumber, but you really wanted to fix this. So I said, no, well, I can't fix it. So we either wait for this to end and we use the two things downstairs yeah. or we call the plumber. And then I did my Google search and I was like, honey, you know, 
that um, any plumbing work is considered as as long as it's not renovation, yeah. it's considered essential business. Like they'll yeah. come. He's like, that's what I thought. <laughs> and then so we called the plumber, uh-huh. and he came in, and he was, I, and of course I had like, you know, I'm not even embarrassed anymore, but yeah. like I had like 20 questions. Right, right. I'm like, listen, is this normal? He's yeah. like, yeah, actually, it's a very normal issue. I said, oh, okay, so nothing's wrong, right? And he's like, yeah, actually, it's pretty typical. And then I'm like, has been business been really like bad? Like I'm like asking all these questions right. because I'm super aware, mm-hmm. too aware. And then, um, so it got fixed. And you know what? I, then I realized that the sink was a technical thing. The yeah. control issue was adaptive. Right. The fact that I lost control was the deeper issue. Right. That you couldn't fix wanted, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fact that I was made to think about something when i i wanted in my control everything to kind of we're in adjustment period Mm -hmm. we should be doing well better not stuck yeah that loss of control so i realized that control was what god was talking about Mm -hmm. and he was also speaking to the technical part but really the deeper part of me that said lydia i'm in control of this at the end of the day sam is the right perspective Mm -hmm. it is just a cog you know what I mean? Right. So once the once the sink was fixed, I had no feeling of anxiety whatsoever. I was just like like so giddy and <laughs> so playful since since that day. Yeah. And you know what Sam said to me? He's like, Wow, honey, you're so relieved now that the sink is fixed. That's a big deal for you. I'm like, Well you think, honey? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal for me. But I actually had to tell him like, honey, like I think I I think I'm going to retire from plumbing. From like fixing your sink or like yeah. plumbing things in general? Yeah, because I told him, I said, um, I, th- I think we should call the plumber from now on instead of me trying to take an over responsibility. Because mm, yeah. that's always like my struggle. Right. So, and that I understood why God said, don't worry, Lydia. That was the first thing he said. Mm. Second thing is, he reminded me of what Paul said, that he that he, he learned to be content in any circumstance, whether in hardship or in less or yeah. in abundance. And he can do all things to Christ. That's mm. adaptive yeah. in technical situation. And then the last thing he said, let it go, was, well, in the end, the technical thing, solved and i was able to completely like move on Mm. and again i was in the illusion that i was in control like you know what i mean so it was like a full circle for me but it Mm. was i was like god why would you speak to me about such a small thing there's Mm. a pandemic and people um struggling and suffering and dying and Mm -hmm. really putting themselves out there on the front lines and then i realized that's who God is. God cares. Like mm. God cares so much. He means it when he says when the scripture says cast your burdens because he cares for you. Oh, he means what he says. Mm. He means who he represents. Right. The father's heart is that he does care. Yeah. And that's the only thing that it's not because he thinks I'm more special or because I'm in a dire situation or because I'm so such a screw up or so oblivious to how God is. Right. But because he cares, Mm. he spoke about the sink Mm. to me. 
because he knew how much that affected me. He cared about my circumstance. He cared about my situation. And most of all, how the state of my soul. So that's my sync story. Wow. That is, uh, cause I'm, that is really, it's cause like, I feel like I resonate a lot with it, maybe in a different way. Um, because I think some, like one of the things that I thought now that you mentioned, cause it seems like w- what you're saying is that um, like technical and adaptive can issues can kind of look like they're separate things, but they're almost kind of like, you can almost yeah they're intertwined like they're mm-hmm. almost related because like maybe we're so worked up about technical things because of adaptive issues that we don't see because like for example when it came to me losing my job losing the gym and like school being all weird and things like that um those are like the, the small few things that i felt like i could depend on and rely on and like that only reinforced my own self-reliance um and like what i'm seeing even now like after the fact uh after what i talked about last week about like how i'm realizing like it's like as much as i was trying to take care of myself and my own situations and like not having to depend on anybody like god is ultimately taking care of me and like even though i'm like flailing about in this situation like god is taking care of me and it's like i see it very well you know like if like if we take out like all of my like personal preferences and things it's like i'm still eating food i have like shelter i'm getting you know unemployment benefits and such like that like i'm really being taken care of but i see like Mm -hmm. such weird things about like even school how because like the curriculum suddenly changed and like but then like i wanted to prove to like i guess future medical schools or like to whoever that like i got a good grade for myself Mm -hmm. or i can show you that i've gotten a good grade through the semester and i got so worked up over school being pass fail this semester because it's kind of like oh, my average from the previous semester is just going to stay the same. Like, I can't indicate or show that I've grown or, like, I've improved and, like, I did so much better or X, Y, and Z things. And it's, like, kind of, like, it's just flat, right? And, like, my whole intention this semester was, like, I got to show them that I can do this. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. capable of doing this. And it's, like, I got so frustrated about it because it's, like, okay, like, now that all is like mm-hmm. gone right like mm-hmm. i can't do that it's just like down the drain which is hilarious um um but you know i'm down the drain yeah ha, you got it, yeah all right uh so See, it's prophetic yeah i mean it's that's what i was thinking because like but then like even in the midst of all that like i'm having a tough time realizing that i'm really being taken care of here because it's like the curriculum is pass fail it's a lot of pressure off of me from like really having to excel and do well, even though like that shouldn't be my intention, right? Like I still have to excel and do well. And like, I'm committed to doing that, but it's kind of like, Oh, um, we are all going through a difficult time. We understand that students are going through a difficult time. So curriculums across the country are just pass fail right now. Right. And it's like, what does that mean for me? It's kind of like, I even got an email today about how like one of the structures of my classes the grading got adjusted because my professor dropped the final and stuff like that and so it's like man even though i've been trying to prove to others and maybe even to myself that i'm like a good enough student or like i'm capable of x y and z it's like at the end of the day i'm i still feel like i'm being taken care of through all this or like that at the end of the day there's something greater than me that i have zero control over that is like bringing me through this almost Mm -hmm. and like i guess i forgot 
you know, that God is taking care of me in such a way, which is like what I often do because I think it's like all on me. Like God, like I have this responsibility to live my life for God. And I'm like, I have to be this person with great character that is able to carry on like the mission for God wherever I go and stuff like But it's kind of like, man, like I'm only really, I've only really gotten this far because of God or like I've only really gotten to this place because God has been taking care of me and providing for me. And like, there are so many things out of my control, like going to the school, even going to my undergrad and like getting like every pivotal moment in my life has had nothing to do with my own capability or self-reliance or me being the best at things or good enough. It was always like out of my control. Like those things were always out of my control. And I, I saw how things like that really got me worked up, like my preference of like needing to eat protein because I work out all the time. But at the end of the day, I have food on the table, right? Like that's like small like i think these small things that i'm finding that are getting to me because i feel like i'm losing control of what i want those things to look like mm-hmm. um and so it's like these are these are really eye-opening because i'm i'm starting to see just how little i feel compared to what god has done or god is doing you know what i mean like i thought it was just like all me it's really not all me at all. Like I would not feel so reassured about myself right now about given the circumstances if it wasn't for like other people and being able to depend on other people during difficult times and um, hearing from other people like and people being there for me and things like that. It had nothing to do with like me being like tough enough or, you know, strong enough or, you know, capable enough for anything. And I think it's just like a kind of, that's like, such a big realization for me that I like really bought into this uh ideology for myself you know yeah I feel like God is wanting to bring people back to the conversation that he started with people prior to the pandemic Mm -hmm. three weeks in that's what I keep feeling in my heart and hearing that he wants to remind people of the conversation he started three weeks before mm-hmm. and you know just like a practical um i guess applicational question is what did you decide in conviction of the holy spirit um to fast and just to share my bit is that what i decided to fast because was worrying yeah because god said lydia there are areas where you worry and how you worry and he wanted to resolve those parts Mm. in me through lent and of course no one could have um really known about the effect of this pandemic Mm -hmm. and how it would affect people so differently right i mean the truth is we can't even imagine how it's affecting some households right like and I think this is the other thing, too. If we look at everything very black and white, we could kind of get lost in the um, black and white thinking of it. But, yeah, there are others struggling more mm-hmm. um, where comfort is not even an issue, per se. It's about survival, right? right? Um, but God cares about every individual and the conversation he began and the conversation that he wants to have with people. Mm. Um, so 
you know, for people who are listening, may have kind of felt that the Lent fast is obsolete. And we talked about this last podcast, right?、Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's obsolete because this pandemic happened.、Right. But is God's voice, His word, and what He has spoken really irrelevant、mm-hmm. because this has occurred? Did God not know that this would happen? No, actually, He had the foresight. He foresaw all and he knew it was happening way before it even showed itself、mm-hmm. in, in public, right? Or, you know, on, on the news.、Mm-hmm. He knew it all, so he was already speaking.、Um, in spite and despite the pandemic, what was most adaptive and essential for his people to, to hear、mm. and to surrender、yeah. prior to all of this beginning.、Mm. And I think,、um, if, I don't know if I'm really, I guess, reiterating this but, well, but if we could pause and remember、yeah. three weeks before, or, you know, for people who have not been fasting and are kind of just tuning in now and, You know, joining the conversation now, a question would be okay, so you weren't fasting for Lent, but what is something that God has been trying to teach you? You felt in your heart for a while.、Hmm. Those things are not obsolete because He had the foresight of the future. Yeah. He knows the in, in He knows us inside out.、Mm-hmm. So, therefore, what He's been speaking prior to everything is still true. Yeah. So, what are those things that God has been speaking about that we took for granted, maybe, or we thought was obsolete? Yeah. Taking a moment to remember that would really help the identification of the fear moving、mm. into faith. Right. Because I really believe that is what God is doing. Yeah. Something I just got from what you were speaking is that, like, You know, Dr. Sammy said it's like it, the word endures forever, right? It's like it, it continues on beyond us and before us. And like the clinging to the cross, it's like also the same as I think in this moment with our Lent seasons, like clinging to the convictions that God、uh, gave us from the beginning of Lent. Because I think you're absolutely right in saying that it's almost like the temptation to throw. Everything out the window because, like, it all of our fears and anxieties demand our attention, right? And that, like, kind of really does take away from how God is working in and around us, like Dr. Sammy is saying. Because if we can't turn to God, who is the and Christ, who is the Prince of Peace and Sovereign and our provider in these moments, it's kind of like we're just so fixated again on like these, these things, and like we went through all those,、um, you know. The temptations that Jesus went through in the desert, it's kind of like, wow, Jesus, despite all that, also clung to the word of God in these moments. And I think that's where like we can place our faith and place our trust in because, like, who he was in that storm for the disciples was somebody that can quell the storm. And I think that's just kind of self evident in who Jesus is, and but also for us, it's kind of like. This is, these are like important moments for us to also hold on to those convictions that God placed in our hearts. Because I think for me, I was really like, it was, it was very conflicting for me when I lost my job because I was like, I know I'm not supposed to worry about money, but 
but I'm definitely worrying about money, like a lot. Like I just, you know, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I have maybe like a couple weeks before I like go under, and I was just, I was just, you know, a lot of panic, a lot of worry. Um, and you know, we talked last week about how it's like in those moments, like failure is just kind of like it's just part of it, and like God works despite our failures. But it's like because of these moments, and like if we can remember these moments and cling on to God. Uh, despite the circumstances and despite the storm, it's like those are the reminders of why we can place our trust and faith in God, especially in this Lent season, because I think it's it's almost, it's 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 really, I'm not saying it's easy, but I think it is really hard to cling on to God's word during these times, but it's like as believers and as those that want to place their faith and like put trust God with these moments, it's like that's what we have to do. Yeah, and it brings back, yeah, you're right in saying that it's, we're almost tempted to kind of chuck the convictions Mm -hmm. and say, well, they don't matter to this because, well, now I'm in a new problem. But it really does go back to the scripture that Mm -hmm. was true then and it is true now and it will be true forever and it will accomplish why it was spoken, right? Um, Is that, Man shall not live by bread alone, what can be seen and felt materialistically in this world, but by the words that proceed out of the mouth of God. Hmm. So everything else, every technical problem, um, every materialistic problem, it submits really under the very voice of God himself. Hmm. And in the end, you see that, right? Like, I see that in my situation. And I think that's what you're saying in your situation is that ultimately it came back to the very voice of God. Yeah. How he convicted you, Joe, don't worry about money. Yeah. And it's kind of even weird to say, I'm not fasting meat, but I'm fasting this temptation actually to worry. Yeah. Or I'm fasting this temptation to worry about money, Mm -hmm. you said, right? Because ultimately, we are fasting what we're most tempted by. Yeah. Because we tend to cling onto it as comfort and as our default mode of living when God is trying to really remove that so that we rely on Him. Mm, Yeah. And we have to trust that when we do trust in Him, that He will accomplish His will in us, which means that he will transform us Hmm. that we will be transformed by the work that he began through his word and through his demonstration of power Hmm. in us you know yeah and so we it goes back to the word of god and that's why i think the voice of god is so important right Hmm. remembering what he said remembering what he's done remembering um his goodness before Mm. everything kind of literally fell apart or broke apart or Mm. got clogged or stuck or when before you felt stuck so and the other thing is as you're talking i'm thinking you know jesus was on a boat he was sleeping And the disciples were frustrated that, Jesus, how could you be taking a nap? But before he addressed and involved himself with the people, he came up and stood up and commanded the storm to be quelled, right? Mm. And it's almost like 
he like the imagery that's in my mind is that he he by his word like he threw the anchor down and the boat and the i know the storms was stilt yeah. but really the boat was no longer shaking like he took care of the mm, technical problem yeah. he can do that anytime right but he did that mm. and then he addressed the disciples and so ultimately actually everything is in control it's really he's adjusting like how it affects us yeah and he's really ask he's and he's also in the process of helping us you know i doubt well i i wouldn't be surprised but god god is saying lydia joe is this an adaptive problem or is this a technical problem to some he may speak that way right but he could also be speaking you know what are you worried about Mm -hmm. like why does this worry you why does money worry you oh you're asking me actually but but i think that's something that we want to ask ourselves like why why do you worry lydia like ultimately why are you so afraid what are you really afraid of Mm. is really what god is asking us adaptive problem right Mm -hmm. because when that adaptive problem and and i think you know the very first message um i think when sam spoke about how um when the quarantine began, I think it was in the first message, he said certain problems, maybe it was the second week, he said certain things we can't overcome, humanity cannot overcome. And I just thought, well, is that really the message we want to, you know, this is just my humanity, like yeah. as I'm assessing, I'm not against the, but I was like, is that really, don't we want to bring hope? Yeah. But that's the thing. There are certain things we could put all our hope to resolve a problem but sam's right there are things we cannot overcome yeah and it's bigger than the pandemic actually Mm -hmm. it's the fact that we're not in control yeah and so who and what will we turn to when things things when we cannot save ourselves when we not we cannot overcome and when we cannot help ourselves and it brings us back to our creator Mm -hmm. and our savior so it's offensive. I guess that's what it is. It's offensive to say, what, we can't overcome this? No, yeah. actually, Lydia, it's like God is saying, I'm not talking about, through the conviction of the word, God is saying, I'm not talking about the pandemic. Everything, I could call any storm, right? Mm. But it's really about the human soul God is speaking to, right? right. He's really asking, who will you turn to? Right so simple but so deep yeah and that is really and offensive Mm -hmm. right but that is why we need a savior and why we have to return to our redeemer yeah i completely agree because i think for me one of that was one of the scarier thoughts that i had it was kind of like wow how how little i felt like i really trusted god when you know the thing like Okay, I think I've reiterated this before, and it's still a little bit shocking to me because I thought I had like pretty strong faith in God, but that was easier to say in retrospect because like when these other things I took comfort in were just gone, it was just kind of like I felt the need to like f- like figure things out myself and like think of different plans and like I gotta like figure out new money situation or like how to like work like all these things, just like thoughts and thoughts and thoughts of like 
like really like taking care of myself um but really it was just kind of a like a real sobering realization of how like do i really trust god no matter what you know i think like you said it it is like simple and deep but also i think it that is the really challenging part about all this is kind of like are we able to you know cling that much closer to god even during the storm or like you know even like when this when it's calm right like it's just like what is what like who do we really trust like did i really trust money over god and that that was like the real question i had to ask myself it's like man did i really rely more on a paycheck week to week than like god during these moments when everything i've like every pivotal moment i feel like has really been defined by like how god has taken care of me in those moments that i felt like i really lacked or didn't have it all together you know yeah no i'm agreeing with you no you know some people might be listening and might see the sink problem the money problem and you might think well i don't actually struggle with that and i think um that's possible people might might be like well why would they struggle with that that's Mm. like so you know so petty Mm. like um but i guess what i'm saying is to not we're we're sharing our story but to not get as you hear it to not get stuck in the technicality of what's being shared yeah like our experiences right right but we're sharing the story so that it could kind of open up a door for understanding what you might be, um, I don't know, you're the reason for your fear. Yeah. Because one thing for sure is no one is exempt from fear. Mm. And... You know, and we talked about this last week, but it's like spring. There's crocuses and flowers springing. And eventually, the picture I think I said I, um, last week was that the person who does, who is, who has overcome fear and, you know, the using the frame framework of fear to face, person who has face over fear, not the absence of fear, but over fear will be like that flower, but it will stick out like a sore thumb, mm. right? Yeah. And maybe you are there already. And I think it's, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's a process that people are, it's kind of like a journey from fear to faith, as well as a choice. Mm. Because the truth is, for people who are still in fear, why it's so um, important to identify is and to not kind of disregard it because I think that's the other temptation of dealing with fear is to not think about it. Yeah. To not identify. I think sometimes that's a struggle and temptation. And when we don't identify it, we we really can't be on, honest enough to turn to God about it. Yeah. And you might not make the journey from A to B. The pandemic might be over with and the quarantine might finish and the risks of everything that's affecting um people nationally and globally might have passed passed away but but 
you may have never made that um, journey from fear to faith. Yeah, it's kind of like, because it it almost reminds me of like the steps of grief, almost because it's like mm. you can really get lost in that fear, and like even if you dismiss it, it's kind of like never addressed, and so um, you just kind of. I mean, I don't really know what it looks like like i'm not like a specialist in this area at all but you know that that's definitely one of my temptations is to kind of just say that i'm not afraid Mm -hmm. right because it's just easier to say it's like you know things will work out like these weird like just kind of like things that'll bring some kind of relief like time will tell or like you know just kind of like you leave the circumstance alone and hope that it heals itself almost and that would be the optimistic right and then some will say well i'm really afraid so if i think about it i'll probably fall apart and so the avoidance yeah there's the avoidance and we could call that pessimistic but this is not actually about optimism or pessimism at all but it is about the first step of courage or first step of into faith is to identify it so that we could take the step of turning to god with that fear right i mean does god know the fear of course he does um do we have to understand it to the i don't know to the itty i don't know to the minute details no the point is not so much the insight behind it but it's to be able to identify it and to embrace it and to and to turn to God. Mm. The whole process of turning to God and admitting that, God, I am afraid. Really, the point is about turning to God. Yeah. Like, God, I don't have this together. Right. I don't understand it even, but I'm turning to you. Mm-hmm. And being, being free in process of that journey and being brought to faith by choice Mm -hmm. but also by his hand right so i guess like i'm just trying to make the point that to not get caught up in the technicalities or the examples but really to ask that question like yeah what is my anxiety about Mm. and You know, James talks about that when we are tested, it's such a great opportunity um, to um, to grow because it's not just a silver lining, but it is an opportunity because mm. it brings out parts in us that we didn't know affected us right? and our relationship with God yeah. and our mission and our worship, mm-hmm. but it brings it out. Um, not because we have less control now, but because we are understanding we don't have that control. Yeah. So, you know, just a simple question. What what are you afraid of? And for me too, I'm just having this conversation on Monday with Joe here, but I'm asking the question, God, why am I so worried about certain things? Mm-hmm. Is the question that I'm going to be asking, you know, the Lord throughout the week, like, Lord, you tell me through your voice and through your word to not worry, but to turn to you. But why am I so worried at yeah. times? And I, why do I find myself stuck in certain fears and concerns? Mm-hmm. Lord, um, can you help me through that? And so, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very timely reflective piece. I mean, because, you know, I think I'm learning a lot about myself just kind of being self-quarantined and also, you know, having all these, like, all the stuff that I was doing just kind of gone, just vanish all of a sudden. I, I think I learned a lot about myself, which is... um. I mean, I guess too, like, at first I was kind of disappointed in myself, but then it's kind of like, it almost feels like God is recalibrating me because I think like at a certain point I made it really about like being my own man or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and again, I think it's like these messages and, you know, how God is speaking to us and in us through our Lent season has also been revealing a lot about just who god is to me again like i think that was kind of my bigger takeaways because i think for a long time you know through the through the years and like through the through the months it's like i've really made it about myself like it was was like almost narcissistic and i left god out of a a lot of things without really knowing because i think i thought i was including god but then i'm like slowly reorienting myself to seeing just like how much god has been involved and like how blind I was to see who God was through all these things. And I think it's kind of like, these are what, these moments are kind of what can highlight, I guess these reflective times for us, like whether it's through like journaling or it's through prayer and such like that. It's just been really eye-opening to see, you know, what kind of work God is doing in and among us. I think it's kind of like, we either miss it or take it for granted that God is doing that. Or I, I certainly did. And, you know, um, I, you know, and I, I'm only speaking out of personal experience because that's what I feel like it's doing for me. But, um, it's, it's weird. And I guess that's maybe what it's supposed to feel like. I guess like when Jesus was fasting, it wasn't necessarily like a pleasant experience, right? Like during Mm -hmm. his 40 days, Right. I'm sure he was going through a lot during those times, whether it's like hunger and fatigue and like, you know, he's probably really thirsty and stuff. But at the same time, it's like it, it's like those moments where he like refers to the word and like despite the temptations, like holds on to what God promised and stuff like that, that like really established that relationship. Right. Like we're like you you get to really see how close that relationship was. And I think in some ways, Lent, this seasonal Lent for me really feels like uh something similar like something akin to that process of like maybe i am relearning my relationship with god or maybe i'm relearning who god is and you know i think that and i'm still thinking through it which is maybe like why this is like really like not fully there yet but you know because like we're still in it um but that has been like the really enlightening thing for me you know and i think your encouragement to take that time to think about it. I think it's like going, it it is helpful for me. And I think it could be really helpful for a lot of believers out there. Cause you know, I think something that Dr. Sammy mentioned was that we want to be people that can hold on to faith and have faith in times like these, because there's so many people out there that also like don't have faith or like maybe like hope is hard to hold on to during times like this, because it doesn't seem like, the other outlets of hope that we had on is just is there anymore but we know that our hope and our peace is in an in an everlasting person right it's a, it's in a person that 
proliferates beyond time and is outside of space and it's like has control over the universe and dr sammy says a thing all the time where you know you should probably get, like leave it in the hands of someone that owns a universe right and it's like and that's that's so true during these times because i think that's our reminder of who god is you know um and there's so many people out there that you know i think can also know god in that way you know i think that is also the hope that we hold on to and that we can have in god so that others can also hope and you know have peace during their storm and such like that you know the imagery that i i get is like we're all running this race Mm -hmm. and you know when you know i used to actually run more so i kind of know what runner's high is and all i still don't know what that (laughs) is okay maybe it's called uh motivated but oh maybe you know (laughs) but so let's talk about like when you're running there comes a point where you're just like um so motivated but like they call it the runner's high where you feel like you could run forever Mm -hmm. and then but the image I, I get is like a lot of times we look at the race and we think, oh, this person's a great runner. So therefore, they will run the whole race mm-hmm. well. But the imagery I have of the of the race kind of in the framework of what we're talking about is I see people taking water breaks, people kind of stopping to tie their shoes. Mm-hmm. And there are these pauses you think might not affect you but somewhere as much as people prepare for races yeah there are a lot of things that happen like bathrooms and mm-hmm. you know you have to go to the bathroom like so, so many little things that happen that kind of throw you off and it might even feel like a delay yeah and you literally have to stop recalibrate and keep running mm-hmm. and i guess i'm sharing the imagery because it's kind of like that you might some people might have might feel like not just this or this situation but you feel like oh i'm i'm kind of on it like i'm i'm in control of this Mm. i think i got it and you're running and then you chip on a rock yeah right you stumble on something or and it's in those moments where jesus literally is the cornerstone like literally because he is truly the one that um, we have to stumble on and mm. be saved, you know, and be reminded and be filled and be refueled and be redirected mm-hmm. um, to continue to run the race, that he's taken us thus far on the race, mm-hmm. that he will lead us forward and that to take the right direction Mm -hmm. like there's so much but everything has to do with the fact that i think the 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 losing sense of losing control is all about god reminding us that he is god Mm -hmm. that this what this race is really about and i guess that's the imagery i get and so wherever you might find yourself, because, you know, honestly, like last week, I was really, I was doing well until this technical problem really brought a really deeper issue in yeah. me of worrying. But also in God's grace reminded me of I taught what I talked about, but I hadn't really sunk in. I get it. Yeah. Sank in. Mm, sink. Yeah, the sink in yeah. is that. 
I didn't really know how to go back to the conversation before the pandemic began, like of what God was saying to me. He mm. was kind of whispering, but I was kind of like stuck. There was so much like... Clog? <laughs> <laughs> There was a clog. Yeah. So I, I was kind of stuck, but everything kind of cleared up. And... You know that song. I can I can see clearly now. The rain is gone, yeah. right? It's literally I was able to see clearly. God, this is why you said don't worry because mm -hmm. you are in control. Right. God, this is why you said let it go because you are taking care of me, and this yeah. is why you spoke to me because you do mean it when you say cast our burdens onto you because you do care, mm -hmm. and He's always faithful. So. Yeah, so I think remembering and recalibrating is true in mm -hmm. a sense. Like if we could move to faith, it is about recalibrating and realizing yeah. why we're running this race. Right. Um, and I say this in the most respectful way, but to God, a pandemic is nothing um, bigger than the storm that um, the disciples were witnessing. Yeah. To him, everything submits at his command. And he is able to resolve all things way above according to his will. So that's God's part. And how he does that is not up to me. But what is up to me is that I can turn to him and trust him. Yeah. So, yeah. And there is something else I want to say. I actually had this in mind. Um I've been really, you know, the community's been really praying for the frontline um, doctors and healthcare professionals in our church, in our community, but also for their colleagues and for their families. And, you know, not everyone has that time of margin to kind of figure it out, but are thrown into it. You know, I see God's wisdom. Some are protective from it and in quarantine, in perspective. But some were literally summoned to work. Yeah. Um, run into the mess, right? And how God leads different people, even different physicians I'm seeing is his wisdom is so, um, so good, you know? And he has something in mind and how, how he wants people to represent him in different ways mm -hmm. in this storm. And seeing that, like, I'm just so proud of the community. And I'm also proud of, you know, these people who are in the front lines every day, trusting that they're in God's hands. Mm -hmm. um, their families, their wives and husbands and, you know, of these physicians the courage they have in trusting God has been so beautiful to watch. And I, I'm sure for them, it's like a journey from fear to faith constantly because it's really technical, but also knowing that they're not in control, but that they're in God's hands. Like mm -hmm. it's been so beautiful to watch. And I do want to mention that like one of the ways that we can, knowing that God is the only one in control, I want us to call us to pray together mm -hmm. um, as a mission, but also as evangelism 
to pray for those healthcare professionals because people who are quarantined are much safer, but they're, they are still in the front lines. This is still a battle. It's not a symbolic gesture of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, deeper thinking at a retreat, but we're actually in a storm. So for us, as we identify, um, personally what the fears are i think it's something god is calling us to to also collectively turn to god Mm -hmm. together and to whenever we are together and to gather together to pray in spirit you know there's so many ways to do it now you know google meets zoom discord all sorts of ways and on text to really pray for the professionals Mm. um because I did hear that we're not even at the peak of yeah. the storm mm-hmm. and that um, there is a sense of the hospitals filling up and they're expecting way more of that. Mm-hmm. So to pray for them and their families, I think it is kind of like when um, when Moses, he picked up the staff and he when there was a when there was a fight a war and when his and as a sign of intercession like collectively like he was interceding Mm -hmm. in behalf of the fight but when his arms got tired others came and held his arm up yeah so it's a picture of collectively really turning to god together because this is a pandemic that affects us all Mm -hmm. internally but also we are being saved from a virus as well Mm. so I do feel like one of the ways that we can evangelize in this time um, and to embrace the assignment of God is by turning, one, turning from fear to faith and to put our trust in the Lord, but also collectively coming together and putting trust in the Lord together to pray for others and to pray for those that, and I want to say this, like, I think that it's easy to judge, like, oh, you're so safe. How could you be so struggling? Mm-hmm. Don't you know? And there could be quick judgment of, well, don't you know others are struggling more? Like, you're right. being so petty. I think people are thinking about that, like, oh, am I being petty? No, you are being petty. But despite all of that, if we could put our fears and identify them and turn to God and identify them by turning to God, if we could all come together collectively in unity, um, pray for each other mm. and pray for the healthcare professionals. Mm. Um, I think that that would be such a great representation of God's love and his light and care. Yeah. I think we need prayer more than ever these days. Yeah. And prayer is very effective because God is alive mm-hmm. and he does answer. So, second point of the message. Cling to, yeah. Cling to Jesus. So as we turn to Jesus, let's cling to him together. Mm. You know, as, as simple as that is, I think it's really time we practice that together, that we collectively, personally, but also collectively cling to Jesus mm. together. Um. The prayers have been so powerful, I think. Sometimes it's hard to even reiterate or to even verbalize 
the needs of others yeah. because it could seem so dire compared to our need or sometimes when our needs feel dire it could seem overwhelming to even other others needs and so if you pray in tongues i would encourage you to pray in tongues i don't have the gift of tongues uh, of the spirit but you can use scripture to pray blessing over those that are fighting in the front lines and their families of protection. Psalm 91, you could use scripture, but you could also use the scripture that um, Sam shared in the beginning of the message. Mm. Those prayers were really powerful and very comprehensive yeah. of the matter at hand. So we could turn to God together like that yeah. and cling to Jesus like that. And in simple words... You know, I asked Josh, I said, Josh, are you affected by the pandemic at all of the coronavirus? And he actually said, am I supposed to be affected by it? And mm -hmm. I just thought his simple seven-year-old answer was kind of silly, but it's so simple, but it's so honest. Yeah. And I think all we need to be is sometimes just honest and say, God, I want to give my fears to you. God, mm -hmm. I want to turn to you. God, can you... Can you send your angels and protect? Can you, um, I don't know, whatever infection falls on the healthcare providers, in faith we pray that it would fall to the ground and it would, not your word, that, your word is not obsolete, but may the effects of it become obsolete as we cling to you in Jesus' name. Mm. You know, things like that. So if we could cling to God together. So in your small groups this week, if we could really spend time, I know we've been yeah. saying this through the emails, but let's pray together. And as a faith community, come together and take this journey from fear to faith mm -hmm. and take it collectively as well for others and stand in the gap for those who are really in the front lines. Cause we have a lot in our community, yeah. especially who are there. So who are in contact constantly. Yeah. So let's do that this week. Amen. I think we it's a call to action. Yeah. It's the least we could do at this point. I think I really feel that people are coming together in prayer a lot. And, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the times that we're in right now, but it just seems like prayer more than anything is been um it's been really powerful you know i think mm -hmm. just in an overall sense i don't i don't really i can't really say for certain what's so different about it i mean but i think we we know that we need to call on the lord more now than ever before and um you know certain i think certainly it, like now is as good as ever for prayer for those at the front lines and even those that might have their own struggling to undergo and these are the times that we can really you know present those anxieties and requests to god yeah and it's really god's grace that we're able to see that we do and have always needed him yeah so yeah let's do that this week so wrapping up um yeah just those questions that we asked in the podcast we we hope that it'll be helpful to you to identify your fears along with the message. 
of returning back to the conversation that God was having with you and remembering the things that He has done, as well as remembering what He's been saying that He wants to accomplish in、mm-hmm. you and through you and through all of us collectively. So, have a great week, guys.、Mm-hmm. Let's overcome from fear to faith together. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Lydia. Thank you, Joe. Bye. All right, we'll see you next week. So, wherever you might be, as you're lifting your hands, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. First, for those of you who believe, will you cling onto the promises of the Word? Fear not, for He is with you. And as you worship, I pray that your fears would dissipate in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. And that God would become larger and our fears smaller. As Jesus, the Lord of the storm, the Prince of Peace, quails and calms the storm, in, not just in this macro world, but in our inner world. For those of you who are watching today that might not know the Lord or who might have been disconnected to the Lord, what an opportunity for you to either come back and say, Lord, I take my life out of my hands and I want to give you my life and put it into your hands. And for those of you who might be seeking, what an opportunity! To invite the Lord of the storm, the Prince of Peace, into your life to reign and take leadership. To take the wheel, as Carrie Underwood sang once Jesus, take the wheel, take the reins of my life. I can't go any longer or further doing it my own way. So, will you surrender your life to the Lord? All you need to do right there. As we sing and lift our hands and say, Lord, come into my life and take the reins. Amen. Amen. I believe God, the Holy Spirit is moving. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? Be still. And know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. All God's people pray the shalom of God on you until we see each other again very soon. Blessings. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Billy here. I、uh, just want to say that I miss you all very much.、Um, but I'm so glad that you guys made it to our remote、uh, live service. And、um, I'm just here just to wrap everything up、uh, to give you guys some community news.、Uh, first things first, just want to talk about tithes and offerings.、Uh, just want to remind all our members here、uh, to tithe faithfully. And we just want to thank you、uh, for giving faithfully. Um, and we just want to remind everyone that there's three ways where you could actually give online because clearly we can't meet up with each other right now. And so the three ways are、uh, one, 
through uh, Chase QuickPay and Zelle at offering at 180church.tv. Uh, the second one is on PayPal, and you can look at 180church.tv. And finally, you could always give at Venmo at Church 180. Um, speaking of which, uh, since we're talking about finances, I do want to take this time to actually talk about uh, the stimulus package, or you could say the CARE Act that the federal government just actually approved and signed just two days ago. And um, I wanted to take some time to talk about it because there's so much in there. And for many of us who are struggling or might be afraid of losing their jobs or wondering of what to do with their finances, uh, this kind of stuff actually provides so many things to bring relief to what's actually going on in this pandemic. There's a lot there, but I just want to just highlight three important uh, facts about this. First one is stimulus checks. Um, meaning that if you pay taxes in 2018 or 2019, you will get money from the government um, through direct deposit or through a check. Um, and the, the way it breaks down is this. If you made under, as an individual, if you made under $75,000, you will get $1,200. Now for couples combined together, if you made um, under $150,000, um, you will get $1,200 each. And for families, um, you will get 2,400 as a couple and then 500 for um, every child that you have. Now, um, if you exceed over $75,000, there is a chance that you might get some money. But if your salary or your adjusted gross income goes above $99,000, um, you don't qualify. So you won't see anything there. So um, the first thing is the stimulus check. Uh, the second big thing is unemployment benefits, which has increased greatly. Now, uh, what they did in this bill or this law, I, I would say, is that they actually increased and expanded who actually is eligible uh, for unemployment. So now those who are uh, in a gig, uh, are gig employments are on furlough, part-time jobs, uh, freelancing or self-employed are actually able to actually get unemployment. So for example, for those actors here that can't um, find a job right now because you know everything is stalled, you qualify. Uh, the second biggest thing, and this is really, really huge, is that if you qualify for unemployment, the federal government actually gives you $600 uh, a week for uh, till the end of July 31st. And this is apart from the state or whatever state you might be in um, and their assistance of what you're getting. So for example, New York State, the maximum amount that you get is $504. Let's say you get that maximum amount, the federal government is gonna give you an additional $600 a week, meaning that you'll have over $1,100 a week that's coming to you because of this uh, CARE Act. So please be aware of it. Um, it's really important and they provided that for us so that it can actually uh, mitigate any kind of anxiety and fears that we have, whether it's paying rent or just even uh, buying groceries in that way. Uh, the third big thing is that for those of us who have debt of any kind, whether it's mortgages, uh, whether it's credit cards or even student loans, they've suspended um, or froze uh, any kind of um, interest for the next three months. Um, of course, you do need to talk to your provider about this. Please be in communication with them. But they uh, mentioned that those three things will actually be 
uh, frozen and, and stopped in that way. And so if you guys have any questions about this um, and you're hesitant or don't know what to do, please uh, don't hesitate to actually talk to me and have a conversation with me. Um, you could email me at billykim.180 at gmail.com um, and we could engage and have a conversation so we could help you along in that way. Us as a church, we want to give you uh, all the resources and provide all the information that you need so we could actually grow this together, right? Um, with that said, um, not only do we want to help you in terms of finances, but we know that that's just not enough of what's going on. Um, and we want to be with you, of, of course, spiritually, and that's why we have a prayer hotline. And so please use it, 5397 prayer. Um, whatever prayers that you're struggling through, all the anxiety that you might be feeling, um, it's such a great opportunity to use this as a resource where we're reminded to look up, we're reminded that God's with us, uh, to be reminded uh, more than ever, ever before that even in this crisis, um, God is among us and God has not abandoned us in that way. Um, and with that, also, with that said, uh, in addition to all that, um, I just want to just mention about small groups, um, especially at this time, um, even though we cannot meet uh, with each other in, in real life, IRL, uh, we still have uh, ways where we could meet together remotely. And it's just been a powerful way for, for all of us to actually meet up together. And uh, I, I don't think we should stop, even though we can, we're practicing social distancing. But for those who are not in small group, I would encourage you to join one in. Um, it's been so such a powerful blessing to even um, hear, hear each other, to hear what's going on in each other's lives, um, and actually to pray for one another and lean on one another at this time. Because like I said, in this pandemic, uh, we can't do it alone. We are creatures of community. That's how God called us to be. And so in spite of our social distance, the social distancing thing that we're, um, that we're experiencing, um, we could actually meet up together in those ways. So I would encourage you to do so. Um, our next uh, news is um, our social media uh, resources. Um, once again, we're, in, we're everywhere from Facebook to Instagram, uh, to Twitter, to podcasts. Uh, use those resources that we have. Um, our, we are social media savvy. I say that every time. And especially at this time, um, this is a great way to uh, get involved in those things, to keep us connected, keep us anchored, to remind us that we have hope and hope in Christ. And so whether it's using the uh, being involved in BRG and Instagram, or whether it's joining po uh, a podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu about uh, the, the message that's going on, keep connected, keep engaged, join us in all those things. And so um, I just want to leave you with that. Um, if I missed anything, once again, you could just look at our website at oneinchurch.tv. But um, other than that, I just will hope that you just stay connected. Um, once again, I miss you guys dearly and hope to actually see you guys tune in next week. And so I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.